everyone. Welcome back. Betsburts Golf uh, dual show today. Scottish Open Barbersall Championship. Uh, joined here, as always, by my good friend, Andy Molitor. Andy, uh, yeah, sometimes we'll be, uh... more golf is, is good. I don't know. What are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, especially with the timing, because, you know, obviously being across the pond, the, the time difference and what time we'll actually be able to watch the Scottish Open. I mean, it's good point. It, if nothing else, it gets you ready for next week when we have a major. It's similar time. I mean, I think it's the same time zone. So you'll get used to uh, you get used to that. And then we have Kentucky, which is uh, pretty much just our Scotland. You got London, I suppose, London, New York. So like people from the cosmopolitan center of culture would probably look down on uh, people from Scotland and Kentucky. Uh, it's uh, greatest exports are brown liquor. Like it is, it is kind of a mirror image. So the Barbasol, Keen Trace, and then yes, the Scottish Open, which I looked into this because they've, they've held this in a lot of different places over yeah. the years. It's been called a lot of different things. And in fact, even St. Andrews, Carnoustie, like there's, it's been at some really high end courses. It looks like we will be here until at least 2026 is all I could find. I didn't know if this was like the permanent home. I will say it is pronounced Renaissance. That's how they say it over there. Um, I've watched some BBC TV. Uh, Kunk, Kunk on Earth has taught me how to say Renaissance. I think that's about the last time I'll say it that way because it's just <laughs> so fucking awkward. But it, it's a cool course, and it is a good warm-up for next week. A lot of guys have you know, been over there. They're going to get other rounds in and some other places to get ready for uh, you know next week's huge stop our final major of the season and it is a really really good field now that it's a you know it's a co-sponsored event it's dp and it's pga tour which i don't know if that's going to matter next year when it's all one big saudi empire but it is co-sponsored the field is amazing basically missing like two or three guys and that's it it is it is a high-end field and it is it's very and again it, it makes it difficult for me to probably go too far down the board with this one um, you know, you, you have some small numbers on the on the big guys, which is always a pain because we've been saying this for, I don't know, three months. Like, hey, maybe Scheffler just suddenly gets it on the putting green and he wins by five strokes. And that's still, that's just a risk every week. He's priced how he's priced. If he continues to struggle with some of those short putts, I guess he get a discount on everybody else because he's going to eat up so much equity. But, man. The gang is all here, and yeah, I'm pumped to watch this one this week, especially considering it's like a dead week otherwise. And both events are, are co-sanctioned, which is interesting too, because you, you, know, you have the bottom tier of the DP World Tour uh, coming to, again, where else would you want to come if you were to come stateside? You want to go to Kentucky, uh, kind of just immerse yourself in the culture of it all. So you have uh, a very eclectic board on the bottom end for both events because we, you know, again, we primarily are talking about the PGA tour. We're not getting into the weeds of the DP world tour. Um, I will obviously, and I'm sure a lot of viewers as well, you turn into, especially on the weekends, put on the golf channel on the morning and you're watching final rounds of uh, the DP world tour. Always adventurous, always exciting to watch. Uh, some very interesting courses and interesting finishes typically on the DP world tour, but uh, yeah, we're going to, touch on both of those here if you're watching on youtube like buttons five stars all those things comments all those things help us a ton for the free content uh also on podcast form as well all those things we appreciate that very much 1999 for a monthly sub we're coming up to the end of the year uh, again you can get access to all the, the content all the picks 
We're going to talk about some prices today that just aren't available anymore. And they were available to our subscribers because I know my process. I like the bets. I put it into my bet slip. I type it up. I send it to our subscribers and I hit submit. Those are available lines for our subs. They might not be available for you here as you listen. So on $19.99 gets you access to all the content, all the picks and all that stuff over at betspurtsgolf.com. So we'll start. We'll do primary uh, Scottish coverage here, and then we'll work on the Barbasol. I know Andy's excited for the Barbasol. I made one bet there, but I could be convinced to talk about some others. But again, most of the guys uh, that we're familiar with are uh, in Scotland at the Renaissance Club. Uh, top 75 available for each of the tours is kind of how they divvy this up. Yep. There's obviously <clears throat> elect not to go. Uh, you know, we don't have John Rahm here, for instance. Uh, you know, some guys just decide, hey, I'm going to Cam Young. I'm going to use the John Deere to get uh, tidied up made my way out there, get acclimated and do all those things. Some guys like to play the week before. Uh, so top 75 that are eligible and willing to go for both tours are here at the Scottish. Um, as you mentioned, it's, you know, it's coastals. It is definitely link style course, uh, but it's a little bit more of a hybrid. And Ron does a good job of breaking that down yeah. in his, his preview. Um, again, when you're on the coast, you're really just kind of up to the, the gods in terms of the weather. Uh, last year was, very dry, firm and fast. The wind kind of kicked in a little bit, and you saw some fairly low scores. Cam Tringali went out and fired a 61, a 9-under uh, to open, and the final winning score was 7-under. So it kind of gives you a sense of how it played uh, outside of the round one. So, And then we've seen the years past, it gets up into like the teens. So we've seen, again, not a lot of sample size in terms of what's happened here. But uh, again, the rain and wind can really dictate how that plays here. So uh, and as you see here on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, non-links characteristics, only four ocean holes, thick rough off the fairway, uh, numerous forest areas, though. Missing the fairways was not really penal last year, and we'll touch on that uh, along the way here, too. So, uh, you know, the bunkers are definitely reminiscent of stuff that we see when we're overseas. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it's it's not a true links course, but it's I don't know if you could like end up in Scotland or Ireland and not say like, oh, it's it's got characteristics of a links course. It's links. Uh, people have used the word linksy, which is not a word, or linksish, also not a word, but I, I get it. And you do have, I mean, it's 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 coastal. The the wind is, you know, I think that's the most important part about links golf, other than dead fairway grass and, you know, long straight shots into these greens on a, a long-ass course is the fact that the weather can play into it. We don't really have a good grip on the weather ever. It's super looks wet, this though. Week. It does look a little wet. And then, I mean, going forward, if, if the wind does kick up over the weekend, like you said, we're, we could have some pretty high-scoring conditions. It just it turns it into a much tougher golf course because there's not a ton of, uh, you know, wind break anywhere else, on, especially on the coastal holes. So, I'm kind of looking forward to that because we've had three straight weeks of, you know, birdie fest. I never complain about it. I say I don't mind those. I, I like variety as the spice of life. But three straight weeks of that, and we're probably going to have a fourth down in Kentucky. That course is not terribly difficult, even with a lesser field either. So I'll get my share of birdies. I would like to see some guys uh, struggle and hit some hilarious shots out of pot bunkers this weekend in Scotland. Yeah, I think we'll get that. Um, yeah, the weather again, like, and that's kind of what I think is reflected, at least for me and my betting card, I think for you as well, is that because there is a little bit more unknown. Uh, I think maybe this is a better spot to save some stuff if you're looking to get down live, because once we get a feel for how the course is playing, what it seems to be doing, because again, we have a small sample and it's played a variety of ways. Get a sense of like, if there are weather wave advantages, we get closer to you know that tea time on Thursday morning, 
just kind of waiting there a little bit in terms of, you know, attacking, especially the top of the board. But yeah, I mean, maybe some live ads, depending on some of those things in tournament two, where we could have some really clear wave advantages. There's just more variance in a high variance sport this week. So I think approaching it, maybe a little bit of caution heading in, I think is probably the right way to go. And again, you're going to play different as, as of now, like we didn't have a lot of rain last year. It was fat, firm and fast and really dried out. You get this fescue plays and rolls hard. That's why the scores were probably uh, what they were last year. Now it looks like rain. So we're going to probably play a little bit softer. Uh, and, you know, get to be seen in terms of how that impacts, you know, a place where driving distance you'd hear. If you look at like last year's content out there in the space heading into the year uh, before the tournament started, a lot of distance talk, you distance, massive advantage, distance, massive advantage. You look at how the scoreboard played out, like who won and who those guys are. It didn't really matter. So um, obviously I think distance is always an edge. I just wouldn't overweigh it. Um, it will, you know, I'll highlight that and with a particular guy here that I'm betting this week that, uh, was probably had an advantage hitting it far, but uh, he didn't need, did not need to hit fairways to compete here. So uh, definitely an interesting layout. Yeah, and uh, a lot of overlap this week. Like, yeah. My process is always later because I'm just uh, lazier with it, and I'm dealing with football stuff. I do some previews yesterday, but uh, I don't really look at golf on Sunday nights. I should. I really, really should. <laughs> and so. Once I don't, I, I avoid the Discord, at least the picks channel. I don't like to know what other guys are on. I, I don't want it skewing my stuff. I'll run my numbers. I'll put my models together. I'll, I'll rerun things for the week, and then I'll look. And right off the bat, I ended up like with the same picks as you. Three out of my four doubled up. So I didn't like, Dan, don't even make graphics for these. I'll just talk while we, while we talk about with Noonan. So uh, just lead off with our guy. And, you know, this is a theme for the year. And I still, I'm not 100% sure how they got uh, mixed together, but I kind of want to throw Ricky in with this mix. It's like, well, yeah, let's talk top of the day, board because uh, day I, Ricky, day Ricky and fall or day Ricky Rose. Yeah, or kind of like, uh, man, is it is it done for these guys? And now all three have wins this year. But yeah, start at the top of the board before we get down to some of the. Well, and Ricky, I guess, top of the board. He's yeah, well, far down. He's like fifth favorite in some places. Which is crazy. We're basically, Ricky, let me see where we're at, Ricky Wise, This, which is the, like we're paying in a loaded field. Uh, 16, there's still a 20 on DraftKings. Looks like you can get a 21 on Chris. Uh, we're not far off of what we were paying for Ricky in Detroit. Uh, and again, like his numbers uh, in you know for Open next week collapsed and he came Second last time we were here in 2014, so you'll hear have that narrative a little bit next week. But yeah, Ricky is one of the names that are sub 20. Uh, Scotty at the top, Rory again. You know, people like Rory when we're overseas. Uh, Patrick Cantley, uh, and then you know some of these guys that are really short. Hatton, uh, very short, down to basically 18 across the board. Xander, your defending champ, uh, 14s basically for Xander. Vic is also here at 18, uh, and then Tommy Fleetwood also right at 20. Um, we also have Speed there, uh, right hovering around 20 as well, depending on the book, maybe a little bit higher. That's the top of the board, I would say. A little bit of a teardrop, not a lot of 30s out there. Some of the stuff that opened uh, Monday a little bit higher has been kind of shoved into the 30 range, but uh, that's a seven-man, eight-man tier, basically around 25 and shorter. Is there anyone that really caught your eye that you gave consideration to here? Uh, before going down the board. No, it's weird how like the 30 range just doesn't exist. And some places, you know, like Wyndham Clark has been pushed down into that range, or you've seen a few where maybe like Fitzpatrick's pushed up into it. But uh, yeah. from the, the 30s don't exist. There's a really hard chunk from like 
16 to 25 to one. And I mean, if I, if I was going to bet someone in that range, I don't know, maybe the a bet a slightly better number on speed, but not super in love with any of those numbers. Like I said, it's, it's a really loaded field. I don't want to be betting a bunch of long shots here, but I kind of want to be in that 40 to 50 range this week. It feels like. Yeah, there's no, I mean, I like Vic. I mean, maybe it's like, I like Vic next week. Um, and maybe I don't want to, I don't want him to do it this week for some, I, the, the mental gymnastics around those types of things are crazy, but it's real uh, cognitive dissonance that happens there. But like, I want Vic to do well next week. I'm probably going to back him if I get a good number there. So maybe I'm hoping he goes out and, and misses the cut this week and I can get, you know, 20 and change on Vic uh, at the open championship. But yeah, seeing some of these guys, like I get why we would be, see some of the Englishmen, some of the Euros a little bit shorter. Um, that didn't play itself out throughout the board, but it did with Hatton Fleetwood, which is very interesting. And I was, you know, looking into this, like, um, and again, like they're playing good golf. You can make a case that Hatton is playing as well as anyone this year, especially for a guy that did not, has not won. Tommy has been in the mix, um, but those guys at 20 is really tough. Like Fleetwood has one win in the past four years. It was a swing season win in November. Um, Hatton's won once in the past 64 starts in again, Abu Dhabi in January of 2021, these guys at 20, that's just really hard. And I, I get why they're popular, uh, finishing position bets. Sure. But, uh, that's just a hard outright number for me to, to get to, even though I really kind of just like them, they're going to pop in modeling. They've been playing good golf, but that's, that's steep for an outright price. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too, with a lot of those guys. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I can see I can see paths to victory for all of them, but just everything and everything in betting needs to be price based, really. Yeah. And a lot of this is probably just a little too low for some of these guys. Like you said, it would probably be uh, Spieth, and that number needs to be a little longer. I'm trying to find what my best Spieth number is. Probably 25. Yeah. Like maybe, but uh, other than that, no. I I don't want uh, Rory at six. I don't know how focused he is on this compared to just having a nice finish, looking good on this and getting ready for honestly his best chance to probably win it. Not even, not even a major to win an event on the, on tour this year. So he hasn't actually won uh, on the PGA tour. He does have that one win over Patrick Reed over in. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a DP event, I believe, even though it was Saudi Arabia is not in Europe, but that's how the <laughs> European tour looked. So it does have a win. If he wins, yeah, he wins. But Scotty and Rory at like six or seven to one is is a kind of a tough hang. And like you said, I like Vic too, but I'm in that same boat. I'd like to bet him next week a little more. Yeah, I think his number is probably the, one of the more fair of the group. Um, Fitzpatrick's another guy that I thought coming in would maybe make the card, but I just can't get there on with some twenties at open. Looks like we've ballooned out a little bit. Twenty five. Um, that's a little bit more interesting to me than some of the stuff that we saw early, but still a little. Uh, a little too rich for me in terms of uh, his actual win equity in that price. So yeah, we can jump into to where you're transitioning because we have a pretty sizable next tier. And as you mentioned, like 30 is not really there. Some guys have moved in there based off of some action, but the, I guess, you know, 40 to 60 range is I think re where we're hanging out this week. And I think where a lot of people are, and I think there's a lot of actual win equity. So that kind of is also tied into the case against some of the guys that we just talked about. But uh, you were teeing up at the top. There was a couple guys. I think I forget what event it was. Um, I reluctantly brought them up uh, as we were closing the show. I think is like positional bets because 
Like, what do we do with the Justin Rose and the Jason Day who don't seem to be who they were in the past, but maybe are trending in the right direction? Um, and these guys have been playing really good golf. And as you mentioned, they all got wins. Ricky, Ricky was so far out of it that he wasn't even in that conversation because we hadn't seen anything resembling a turnaround Ricky wise, but uh, Justin Rose, we had, and Justin Rose won early in the season. Uh, we are on him this week at his uh, current number. Um, I got a 50 on Rose and let me see where we are right now in terms of the best numbers on Rose 45, still out there, 50 on points, bet still available 52 and change on Chris, which is a really, really good number. Um, on a guy who is in good form, uh, should have won last time out British masters T4, I just kind of made a mess of some around the green stuff. Otherwise, he, he wins there. He's got four T12s or better in his past five starts. Uh, ran my model here on the, on the site, the betsbirdsgolf.com. This week, he was fifth. Um, it popped in, in basically everything that matters, long-term form, short-term form on approach. Those are really good. Um, we can let you manipulate around the green proximity along with approach proximity. It's something you can't do at other places. Uh, he's popping there as well around the green is going to matter here this week. So um, again, there's a Euro guy that can play standard link style golf. If things get wonky here, weather-wise, the wind kicks up, it's going to play firm and fast and you need to run it out there. He plays most of his stuff nowadays in America, but he's a guy who grew up, uh, you know, playing a lot of golf and still plays a decent amount there on the Euro side. So I like him regardless of what we have in terms of the weather. Yeah. I think some of these guys get a little forgotten where like Justin Rose is, He's a tour player now. It's, it's like Rory. Like, yeah, he goes and plays some European stuff, but he's a tour player because that's where the money is. And, yeah. you know, it's you're good enough. Like, you know, there's some of these guys who they start their year and then they, they kind of pop over towards the end of January. They don't want to fly from, you know, freaking Belfast to Honolulu, I guess, which I get jokes on them. Honolulu is very nice. But yeah, Justin Rose hasn't really played since the U.S. Open. I don't know if it just kind of gets forgotten, but it's not like the field was great for the British. Was it the British Masters? And yeah. Like, he still went out there and played really good golf. I can't, you know, I can't get away from when I'm running just a long-term slash short-term model, kind of doing a blended form model. And then, you know, the course fit stuff is obviously very good. I'm not super worried about the around the green stuff at all because I think – I think really, if you're missing if you're missing these greens, you're probably gonna have bigger problems anyway. You should be able to hit these greens, especially with the rest of his skill set. And yeah, he just has a nice fit, and he's European that's played on this the style course plenty. I'm not worried about him in bad weather as well. So 55 at Chris, I had nice. That's a lovely number. Yeah, this around the green proximity is something that we um, let you model. You look at the past 36 rounds; he is third. Uh, in the field. So just kind of a one-off in terms of what he did at the uh, British masters, kicking it around a little bit. And again, like around the green from a stroke skiing standpoint, definitely competitively with uh, putting being very noisy. And we touched on it last week because not every course is the same in terms of what around the green presents. You can have these, you know, thick, um, you know, aprons around the green, or you can have these shaved runoffs. It's very hard to get a sense of, you know, what that looks like. So the proximity I think works and we actually allow you to dictate that too. You can look at, you know, those things from the rough, uh, from shaved runoffs too, uh, in our modeling, but uh, just using around the green proximity instead of scrambling or stroke skin around the green, I thought was interesting. And yeah, he, even that he actually pops. It's a benefit for him. So yeah, I love anything North of 50 that's still out there on Rose without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, Our next guy is the same too, which is yeah. like, egregious i'll let you start with him 
Yeah, and we hit we hit this at the U.S. Open, which was nice. It was uh, it was awesome to see him win. It was awesome to to make some paper on him, and it was uh, I guess a little bit nerve wracking towards the end there because of uh, who was chasing him and what we were watching. But man, still a little bit of a I don't know disrespectful price to the market. Like it's not. It's not one of those weird ones like, oh, Danny Willett won the Masters, and like, that's great. And, you know, he shouldn't have because somebody else handed him the jacket, essentially, which someone does hand you the jacket, and it was him. But, I mean, it, it wasn't like some surprise, I guess. Maybe a little bit from the pricing, but it wasn't a surprise that he played well there, and it wasn't a surprise he's been playing well for the last few months. And he's another one, too, that's like 40, 50 or, or higher at a few places and his, his short game is really good. He has, you know, a little bit of, it's not, I don't know if I put him in like bomber bomber, but he's definitely above average distance. His distance is good. He played well here in the past. He's played well in this style of course. And like just, if he's going to bomb it and it's going to work, his approach game is just fucking fire. Like and you saw that not only his approach game, but short approach stuff, his wedge game is, witchcraft at this point some of the stuff he was doing when he was missing you know at lacc was just silly like oh well that's a problem no it's not like basically he's just lag putting from the rough yeah i think with a wedge shot it's 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 silly what he can do to get himself out of trouble which is kind of what you might need because it's like hey you're a really good approach shot here's some 40 mile an hour wins like, yeah, you, you might not end up where you think you're going to end up. Nobody is. So somebody who's really, really good with their wedges is somebody I love if the winds kick up later this week. And, yeah, Clark was kind of another no-brainer for me at that price. Yeah, it looks like 40s are still out there. 55s are gone, which 55 was is just – I mean, it's just disrespectful, uh, to be honest. I mean, like, no, I like some of these guys. We just talked about, like, Hatton. Uh, we talked about Fleetwood. Uh, these guys being more than – half the number um min woo lee uh you know ludwig aberg a guy that we want to bet on and be long on aberg like shorter and open than Wyndham clark who you know again you made the points wasn't like a will it win he won it quail hollow three weeks prior um and they've been playing really good golf heading into that in the approach is kind of what's changed in terms of you know what's really been a driving point for his success this year he's always been a guy that could hit it really far and putt um last year he was fourth in this field in average driving distance. He ripped. Um, and it didn't matter. He only hit 20 of 52 fairways, 38% uh, driving accuracy for the week, and finished T16 uh, because it just doesn't really matter here. You can you can go ahead and, and pounds away um, if you are going to be able to hit it that far. So, yeah, he averaged 310 and change off the tee last year at the spot. And as you mentioned, like you missed the greens, happened to miss the greens. You, you need to, to chip and, and get yourself uh, around the green here. He's fantastic at it. An above average putter, uh, really one of the best in the field, depending on what your sample size of data is. And 55 is just still too long. 40, in my opinion, which is live for you now watching or listening, is just still too long for this guy who really should be significantly shorter. Uh, again, like the I, the corollary to Max, to me, makes a ton of sense. Last year where Home Indeed made these changes, started gaining – across the board throughout the bag. And then we were just kind of hanging on to like the priors of him when like the betting board would turn over on a Monday morning and he kind of continued to punish people and would win um, and really compete. So uh, that's playing itself out in the finishing position numbers that are too long on Clark and yeah, 
forties that are still out there are, are a problem. So discord members, subscribers were able to get the fifties and change early on Wyndham. It's a bad number. Bad number. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to bet him at 40. Like, yeah. That's obviously just egregious at that point. So, Oh yeah. He might be, I don't know about next week. It'd be awful funny if Wyndham Clark won two majors in one year. Like in a year where it's and like- that's part of it too. I think that has a lot to do with this. Is that like the uh, I, I don't know the form thing is wild, right? We want form in golf, but we don't want you to win because I think that's driving this. Is the thought of like we well, just won the U.S. Open? Anyone win the, like he or he won uh, you know Quail Hollow? Is he really going to win again? And it's like we want form up until the point of like you winning. Once you've won. Well, that's it. We, we can't back you yeah. because now you've actually sealed the deal. We want you to just continue to knock on the door and not win. And then we'll back you comfortably. We'll, we'll pay the 22 for Tommy because he keeps knocking on the door. But we don't want Wyndham's form because he's won twice. So you're 55. Makes no yeah. sense. And, 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 and it's silly too because you go and look and this shit happens. And we, we, we wrestle with the same problem. When you look at the the defending champ, like, ah, oh, what are the odds of the same guy winning the same tournament? Yeah. It has happened three times already this season. Like, people do defend. People, course history isn't everything, but course fit does matter. And, yeah, people can defend their title. Yeah. I mean, th- that shit does happen. Uh, so don't, you know, don't don't let that get in your head too much. It, it, it is silly. It's like, man, I'd rather this guy had gotten third last week. Like, really? <laughs> like, you want him to play slightly worse? I guess I, I mean you would have got a slightly better number, I suppose. That that's the only argument for that. But don't yeah, don't use that in your like I'm not going to back this guy because of that. So yeah, uh, that's where I'm at on that. And then somebody else who I found at sixty this morning, and a a guy I back quite a bit. Just another one where it's like, hey, this guy is kind of in my top fifteen for total as far as just like form. He's been really, really good putting. He's been great scrambling and, you know, just basically kind of kind of matches up on this course pretty well for me. The off-the-tee numbers are, you know, good enough. And Sam Burns, and it's another one where he's – it's not like he has never won a tournament. He has some <laughs> win – maybe, you know, maybe not so much this year, but he has win equity. He's won and – yeah, the course fit is kind of perfect here as well. For I, I mean, if the course fit was perfect, he'd be twenty to one, I guess. But it's it's good enough for a, a guy here that's getting priced down at sixty and just like overall form. It just has been decent enough where I don't quite understand what's holding him back. I know there's some missed cuts. He wasn't great in Canada, but it it's. Uh, it's kind of been at some of the tougher courses. I don't consider this a, a super tough course unless we start getting the wind. He's played well at uh, the places he played well at. Like, again, uh, the Valspar, he was sixth. I believe he played pretty well the year before that. I'm looking if even uh, what we had here. Just I think maybe this drives it too sometimes. You know, we look at, and I just said, like, guys who win can win again and or can win the same course again. He didn't have a great – he didn't have a great outing here. He didn't have the best outing at the Open last year. 66th here, 42nd in the Open. But it's been a pretty decent season outside of just, you know, some of these patches where he's missed cuts at the Arnold Palmer and the PGA. Like he, I don't know, just, 
it's just like I have him ranked higher. It doesn't even have to be, hey, this guy fits fits what I'm looking for for a golfer here. I just have him much, much higher than where he's priced. So 60 to 1, I make him like 40. Yeah, no problem with uh, Sammy Burns. I was looking at it. Uh, so you got off to a good start last year here in the opening round. And because, as I kind of teased at the top, a lot of people did, and it started to play a little bit more difficult, but it was mostly just hit some really bad around the green numbers. Like he lost five plus strokes around the green on the weekend. Uh, that feels fairly noisy to me. Uh, he was spraying it off the tee, but I just talked about Wyndham Clark. You could spray it off the tee. Now there are degrees to which, um, you know, driving accuracy isn't properly captured in the spreadsheet in terms of like, yeah, you missed a fairway, but like Sam could have missed a fairway, but then been like in the trees or in the ocean uh so that could have been a little bit different but uh yeah that feels a little bit noisy to me sam burns i think just to your point long-term pedigree you know long form stuff should be a little bit shorter than that in terms of uh this field well like you said he struggled around the greens and some of that over the weekend last uh last time out here but if you go look in last 50 rounds he's top 10 in this field and scrambling like he is a decent scrambler. It right. shouldn't be an issue. Like he should have a good short game here, and I think he's scoring. So if he can take advantage of the the days where the weather's nice, and then figure it out a little, sixties quite a bit, quite a bit too long for this guy. Yeah, some of the guys in this range that I like, I just can't get there price wise. Lowry, I was really close on. Um, Seeing a lot of love for Lowry. Yeah, um, that makes sense to me. Minwoo Lee, I like, but man, I would have liked Minwoo Lee at like sixty. Uh, Minwoo Lee at 35, 34 is uh, a very, very tough sell. And you're getting, you're paying for uh, the course history. I like him from a course fit standpoint, uh, which makes sense is why he's won and had success here in the past. But uh, uh, he, there's just too much variance in Minwoo Lee's game at this point for me to, to back him again, short of Wyndham Clark uh, still across the board, which is just absolutely insane to me. Um, Justin Thomas is an interesting character. I'd love to see him start to play some good golf. Can't back that now with that number. Um, and Corey Connors is another guy that uh, that makes some sense to me too. Oh, I was close. Yeah. You know how I feel about Corey. Yeah. I like Connors. He'll be on the card, probably finishing position bets. But, uh, you know, that's, that's actually not even a bad price, to be honest. Uh, 60s, still out there. 66. Uh, 85 on Chris, Andy. That's probably what you're staring long and hard at. That's a good yeah. number. It's so big. <laughs> yeah. That one is super close because I, I mean, bet that. I know it's it, it was. It's a thirty points longer than anything domestically. Yeah, it's it's long for a reason. Yeah, like, that's just, true. He he hasn't quite put it all together like we saw at the pinnacle. But man, it's a big number. And speaking of that, we did bet someone right next to him down in that spot. Our third one that we did match up on. Yeah. Is shorter than Corey Connors now by uh, just a titch at Chris live looking at the board. Uh, Aaron Rye, English. I don't know if I want an Englishman. We have another big names who can't win, and we'll go to a a, a longer name who can't win. Yeah, well, we went to Rose. Uh, Aaron Rye too. English. I always forget Rose. Yeah, Rose is very English. He's American. Uh, Yeah, Rye's playing really good golf. Um, And again, like the other guy that there's very course specific uh, coming up because he's still young. Like uh, he's 28 years old, um, but he's made massive improvements from an approach standpoint. And we've seen that play itself out actually 6.2 strokes per event T to green um, over the past five events, putting at around field average, which is impressive for him because he's not a good putter. 
Uh, but he's been playing pretty well. He's finished inside the top 24 in four of those five events. T3 at Canada, T9 last time out at Detroit. For him to go T9 at Detroit in a place where you have to get into the 20s is impressive. That's not been his game historically. So that's good to see. Um, previous success here. Um, plays well in venues like this, as you mentioned, an Englishman uh, won this event back in 2020 before it was a co-sanctioned event. But, you know, still a pretty good field on, on the Euro Tour at that time and and won this. So, again, that fits the the course fit mode there as well. And, again, I just like the, the recent form. So 90s are, are gone. Uh, as you mentioned, he's significantly shorter, probably makes some sense. He was pretty popular. 60s out there. It looks like 75, 70 out there. And you're close to an 80 on Chris. 80, yeah, 84.50, I think is what I'm looking at right now. So, um, honestly, 70 or better, it's probably yeah. worth a, a little nibble. It'll be a smaller bet, but yeah, he's another guy that's obviously, obviously, course fit. And to Dan's point in the chat here, too, the course has played differently over the years. And, you know, like when Min Woo won, scoring was a lot easier. And that's not how probably what we're going to be looking at due to some changes in you know, how the course is played and if the weather does kick up. But Aaron Rye won here, plays well on courses like this. The course history is electric right now. Not the longest off the tee. So he isn't, you know, not, a, not the best putter, not the longest off the tee, but the in-between is very, very good. Very, very good with the irons. The approach play is electric. And just looking at some of the proximity numbers from probably where he'll be hitting it into some of these par fours, I mean, he's got really good mid-range proximity numbers, like top 10 in the field proximity yeah. numbers. So if he can be if he can be getting it close from where he'll be hitting from, maybe we don't worry about the putting quite as much. And the form is, yeah, like the form is very, very hopefully a harbinger of things to come. Like, you know, it's, it's not always, not every player has to play themselves into form to win, but like how he looked in Canada, how he looked in Detroit, uh, the Schwab, some of the other events, like actually the players, yeah. which was, you know, a, a really good event. Top 20 did the players. It's a, it's a pretty big number for a guy who fits his course well. Yeah. And the players, I remember backing him T40 at the players. At like yeah, First round leader, minus 110. You got, you got a first round leader bet Aaron Rye anytime he's there. But that was the thing too, is like, yeah, farmers, he may, or the uh, players made sense because the P die positional golf. He's going to put the ball in the fairway all the time, give himself a ton of looks, but he's become a little bit more. He's evolved. And again, he's still relatively young. And you look at like long-term approach, even he's, I have him 22nd in the field. Um, short-term approach though, he's sixth. He's playing really good uh, very, very recently, too. And then uh, short-term tee to green, I have him third in the field. Um, he's sixth in my model this week. So getting him at 90, I think, makes a ton of sense. So, um, yeah. yeah. As I mentioned, not, not long off the tee, but, you know, there's guys like, hey, you're you're not long off the tee, but you're also inaccurate. Like, you, you go go away. Like you're just you might right. not be on the tour yeah. very long, you know. You if you're not long off the tee, you damn sure well be, be you know better be accurate. And he's probably the most accurate off the tee, uh, if not one of you know the five. There's a handful of guys that I'd put in that list, and he's probably he isn't four or five. Yeah. He's right up there. So the accuracy sure. matters a lot. He'll be hitting you know lo some longer iron shots, but 
it'll be from the short stuff. I think he'll be fine. And if that proximity plays in like it has been, his form kicks in, he's a guy who's in the mix. I'm sure you'll have him in a positional bet as well. Yeah, without a doubt. You're going to get plus money there. Um, looking at the triplets as well from a positional bet standpoint, uh, Austin Necro, Eric Cole, and Alex Smalley um, will probably find their way to the card. I was disappointed. Yeah, Cole, Cole's my favorite of the three in that one. Okay. Yeah. Like them all, Smalley, I think. Smalley got smashed. Um, there were some big numbers first thing to win, and now he's he's 60 in some spots, which is wild. I see you got 100 at Chris available, but uh, Smalley played small, uh, unfortunately, in the back at nine on Sunday at the uh, John Deere. He couldn't get home for us. But yeah. yeah, we didn't really talk about the You and I had Smalley and Schenk um, competing, it but it was one of those where it's not like – it wasn't like Ricky's win where it's like, man, this is, I, I really feel good about this. You look at the leader bar. It's like, there's like 40 guys within like five shots. Yeah. That know? was crazy. And, and, and there's, you know, there's 63s out there. Like I'm not going to, I have one. I have Adam Shank. It's not, I'm, I'm not going to get super excited. And yeah. He, you know, luckily for me, I didn't even have to get super invested. Shank played terrible in the front half. And then I, you know, like backdoor to top five by going like with a back, I think he had like a 30 and then yeah, step step Straka probably should have a couple more wins. I think he's actually lost two playoffs now. Well, yeah, he almost knocked out Will last year at the uh, St. Jude for us. Will finally, uh, Zalatoris finally got home for us, but yeah, oh, Sep tough. made us sweat quite a bit. Yeah. But shout out to the producer, Dan, who grabs him live heading into the fourth round. And I believe 60 um, based off of some of the charting that our guy PGA splits did. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Dan got his, his ticket home. If we were going to be able to close with one of our guys, one of our guy Dan to make some cash too. So it was, it was good. Uh, but yeah, Sep went absolutely nuclear on the front, which was playing significantly harder than the back was. So uh, that was a, a sight to see. Um, Doug Gim also interesting finishing position bet. Been playing again. Like I, I bring him up every week, and he's he's like he's t forty pretty consistently. Uh, Long term stuff, he's not going to be popping for anyone too. Uh, and again. Friend of the show, Gary Woodland, also will probably make the card from a finishing position bets. Um, but I will not put him on the outright card since uh, he's Gary Woodland and uh, can't putt. Yeah, um, as far as like almost strands, and one of these isn't the longest price, especially with some of the bets he's been taking. But yeah, Gim Reaper, Woodland, um, Dylan Wu, and Adam Scott, who is... Adam Scott's been a bit of a popular pick in some books this week. He's been bet down at a few places as well. Yeah, Scott getting some action. 64, 64 at Chris right now. So not a super long shot, but I, I do like him maybe as a top 20 pick. And that 64 is better than anything on the domestic side. So, um, yeah, that makes some sense. Uh, Brian Harmon, I got to dig into a little bit. The short-term form has been really good. Um, he popped for me a little bit, so I haven't done – dug into that but uh i'm going to take advantage of these finishing position bats earlier in the week because they are fandle comes out uh and they're typically significantly better than what we see from rivers early mgm um and, and DraftKings especially so uh yeah i'm gonna probably fire some finishing position bats for our subscribers here sooner than later because uh, those numbers definitely move quite a bit here as we get closer to to opening tea time so um all right let's transition to uh Kentucky in the Barbasol, which is a very, very interesting field. Um, again, these guys are professional golfers. We're they're all really good. We get to you know twenty five last year with uh, Trey Mullinex. So you know you need to score at this course, and uh, 
Uh, let's start. I mean, the, the odds boards have been uh, busy. Some guys have gotten significantly <laughs> lower. Who's your uh, your shortest at the barbecue? Yeah, uh, we, we all bitched uh, about losing, you know, I think what was it, a, a big million-way tie for second behind Peter Kest for first-round leader a couple weeks back, and everyone's, you know, who the hell is this guy? And now he is a favorite at several books for a, a full-ass tour event. Well, it should, it's an alt, it's an alt field event, but still. And it's Quest. It's very fancy. It's. Quest. I know. I'm gonna say Kest. I don't. <laughs> it I don't looks like Kest. You can't Quest makes throw, no sense. You can't, you can't just throw a W sound in. So true. Uh, yeah, don't try to church it up, dirt. Peter Kest is your favorite, and uh, Taylor Pendrith probably, um, deserving of his price at this point. And then it gets weird from there. And it does. I wish it were longer. Twenty to one is. Maybe I'm maybe gonna do it anyway, but uh, somebody who really, really popped for me here was Vincent Norman. Mm-hmm. Like just you know, just form and everything else I used. I looked, uh, I built out a kind of a split form model. It's tricky with some of these European guys with the the numbers I have, but I mean, just like Vincent Norman's playing well enough, and some of the scoring metrics I used. I looked at some of the par five scoring, like birdie or better rates, just like. You know all the things I would use on like in Detroit or uh, you know some some of these events we've had the last few weeks that are going to end up twenty five hundred because this course should be playing pretty easy, even for you know some of the the lower end golfers on tour and like Vincent Norman popped pretty hard and then I go I'm like man man it's going to be like thirty thirty five to one maybe longer because it's Vincent Norman and <laughs> I go look it's like oh he's second favorite that fucking sucks. Like basically only behind Pendrith and Quest, I guess we'll say Quest. <laughs> I gave gave up on I didn't die on that hill Bailed for very long, but yeah. uh, oh, uh, right up there with and then Bacha Akshay, love him. He's probably a little bit too volatile to be betting at like a, a short number like this. I'd like him a lot better in you know maybe a field with a few better golfers where. You know, I'm gonna get like a 50, 60. I don't think I can bet him at this short of a number. So Norman Norman at like 20. Uh Kevin Roy. Kevin Roy is somebody I looked at here. Is He's the, another one where is that yeah. Connor's stepbrother? We didn't see him on yeah, he was he didn't make he the screen. The, he was the fourth uh <laughs> there four already four. Oh, there's three. There are four oh, there, I, I was, yeah, there was already four. Yeah. I just forget about uh Cameron from uh yeah. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, but no, uh, another one too. It's like I got to see, I see him a little at John Deere. Um, hasn't had the greatest form, but when you go look at some of the results from last year against easier fields, like hey, this guy can kind of ball and he hasn't been on tour that long. But yeah, Kevin Roy, kind of a, a bomber. He hits it, uh, he's gonna hit it like north of 310 315 something like that greens and regulation numbers over a short sample is pretty decent we'll see how the we'll see how the putter looks but i mean for now it's like i, I kind of want some bombers who can score here so he's a big price he's like 90 to 1 at some places so kevin roy and vincent norman is i, I can get 100 to 1 on kevin roy it's I didn't want to do anything anybody short, but I probably still will have the Vincent Norman twenty to one price, and then it's going to be all bombs from there. So Kevin Kevin Roy made the car right off the bat, and then we'll probably pick a few other ones that look good. Maybe another another Satoshi Kadira bet. Yeah, 
Um, got in the mix he, a little bit for you last weekend. He got he got in the mix. He got a little in the mix. He didn't top forty for me, but um, God, who was the other one? There was one bigger number here too. Some of these guys just straight up haven't heard of. I won't fall for the Cam Percy trap. I mentioned that to somebody who put him in some DFS lineups. I'm like, I usually just go look at his picture and to remind myself that he's like super, super old. Uh, so I will stay away from him. Chad Ramey is short. Can't probably get involved there. And then uh, a bunch of these guys who, you know, play traditionally mostly on the European tour that I don't have the best stats for were high. And I got to start, you know, my afternoon is probably digging into a lot of those. Or it's like, man, am I am I really going to be betting Am I, am I really going to be betting in some of these guys? Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy and Cameron Percy. Every week, you guys. Stop showing up. I just don't want to bet on these people. Grayson Murray uh, played really good golf last week. That's a hard one to stomach uh, and, and click on. Um, see him playing well. It looks like he's lost a little bit of weight, too. So good for Grayson Murray. 40s or 50s out there. Um, just running some very short-term form type stuff. Troy Merritt makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Glover makes a lot of sense. I think those are plays from our guy, Pat James in the discord. Um, I think he, he went there. Those guys have been playing pretty well. And you look at what worked last year. It's really tricky. Like, so Mullinex won and Mullinex definitely brings in mentally a, a golfer archetype that you think in terms of uh, distance, he's a lot of the other guys though, that finished in the top 10, like he, he held off Kevin Streelman who was, 283 driving distance average, like significantly further down, you know, below average. Uh, but he again was in the fairway all day versus Mullinex, who tried to hit it a mile um, and hit, you know, 57% of his fairways. Now, approach works. Most of the guys towards the top did gain off the tee. Um, so that's a combination of either here accuracy or distance. So it's a little tricky. There's really not like a, a real clear bomber path because look at, you know, it was Streelman, Hubbard. Um, Vince Whaley, these guys are all top five. They're all 290 and shorter in terms of off the tee. So that's not necessarily, you know, a bomber's paradise, even though a bomber won last week. So there's not really a, I think just grabbing short-term form um, combination with maybe some long-term form is probably the best way to go here versus any type of actual course fit. You got to get hot with the putter and uh, hopefully be playing some good golf. So that's why Merritt and Glover make sense. That's also why our guy Quest Love makes sense because, uh, I bet him at 40 early. That number is gone, obviously. What are we looking at? 20s, yeah. 28s, uh, 25 for the most part on uh, on Peter Quest, who took a pretty interesting approach. Like he's like, he, he messed around. He was like a Corn Ferry qualifier. He, so he didn't even qualify for the Corn Ferry Tour. He was like an alternate. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to try to get in on some of these Monday qualifiers on actual PGA Tour events and play it that way. And it worked for him. He, he got himself... I think he had a T14 earlier in the year somewhere, uh, maybe the Amex or something. And then that's how he got himself into Detroit, Monday qualified, got himself a T4 there, which gained him status to play last week at the John Deere. And then all he needed to do was basically make the cut, and then he would have temporary. He needed status. like a T73 yeah. to, to like get his get his uh, status. And he was one of the dudes in the mix on Sunday. As we talked about there being 15 guys, he was in there again. So interesting story, betting on himself playing really good so uh peter quest at 40 was the way i went he's also the love child of will zalatoris oh producer dan absolutely coming through uh if owen wilson and will zalatoris had a baby it would be peter quest 
without a doubt. Wow. Yeah. So you no, you're just quoting there. Owen Wilson there. Yeah. What? No, his uh, his PGA pick, like his picture, doesn't do him much credit. His hair behind him looks so gross. Yeah, like they need a new head. The Wisconsin waterfall, I believe they call that. Yeah, his his headshot needs to be updated. But yeah, I I don't know. Like he's it's such a small sample, but he's playing pretty good golf. I don't know what you're gonna do with him here. So I don't think forty to one. Yeah, I don't think now that he's sub twenty, I want no part of that. But yeah, good bet by you. Uh, Greg said Grayson Murray is over forty. I might be looking at that. Smotherman seventy. He's somebody I can be convinced of, but yes, yeah, Satoshi, Satoshi Kadaira is 70 to one. I mean, I, I made a small case for him at 300 to one last week in a way tougher field. I could probably, <laughs> I could probably bet some Satoshi here. So, and other than that, it's, it's probably stuff I'm going to stay away from. Maybe Markage Helikildi, 70 to one. He's yeah. one of the ones, he's one of the names. It's like, I should dig into this guy and I will eventually just not, not this afternoon yet. Well, he has uh, not been playing well. Uh, he is someone you probably want to stay away from. It looks like nice. um, he's he's not. It doesn't seem to be a lot of red on the card. Uh, losing on approach pretty frequently. Like probably like twelve or the last fifteen events, he's lost on approach. He's about to, he's about to fix it. I'm not has sure. not gained strokes putting uh, in any of his last eight events. Um, the event prior, no strokes gained data. He did come in second in the Korean championship uh, also presented by Genesis. So is there a corollary with sponsorships? Uh, Cause if there is, then you want to maybe take a look at him. I wasn't, I really didn't even know that was a car company until like a year ago. And how they sponsored sponsor something. Events? Yeah. Well, they sponsored something else. And I'm just like, what is this? I, I don't think I've ever seen one on the road. Like yeah, you don't see a lot of them. they're nice. Yeah. It looks like a nice enough car, but it's like, what the fuck is a Genesis? Yeah, you, I mean, you got to be a nice risk. car because all the all the well, the Honda is no longer sponsoring a tournament, and so it's mm-hmm. just I guess Genesis and BMW at this point. Mercedes does some sponsorship as well, so yeah, yeah, they're only courtesy cars for pro golfers. I've never seen one. I've seen I see more Maseratis on the road than I've seen Genesis because I've just never ever in my life. But uh, I have seen Barbasol. I'm more of a gel. Mm-hmm foam and obviously i don't shave that much anyway so it's not a big use for me um if you have some barbersaw tips drop them in the chat drop them in the comments of the youtube if you're in the discord drop them in there i'm gonna dig i kind of have my card i have my card i have to look into matchups obviously but i have my card for scotland it's set so it is burns it is clark it is rose it is sir long shot aaron rye I have those four guys. It's, it's set in stone. I'm not going past that. So the rest of uh, probably the rest of the week before those tournaments start, I'm going to be digging into figuring out if there's some long shots. Some of these younger guys too, like another one, uh, Trevor Cohn. Mm-hmm. Numbers aren't good, but not a guy who has a ton of starts on tour. Somebody else I might dig into. Jesus, driving accuracy is not great. It's another one where it's like, oh, you can hit it a country mile, and you had some decent, you know decent uh finishes on like the corn ferry like I, I probably get down with you at a shitty event like this miss the cut at the john deere that's not heartening his and his chart is all over just dark greens dark reds stuff like that so yeah we'll see that that's the kind of guy who plays well at an all tour event though like who was the guy who won in puerto rico ryan brem yes like two years ago you know some of these 
some of these, you're going to have some guys that come out of nowhere. <laughs> like, not making it sound easy to pick the winner. Like, yeah, just smash some names, see what happens. But I'm, uh, I'm going to dig into a little more into what worked last year for at least maybe some of the guys that got into the mix. Looks like probably similar conditions. And yeah, it's a, it's a course that can be overpowered a little. So yeah. maybe I'll, I'll find some bombers here that can get weird with it. Carl Yuan, our guy we bet early in the year. Um, he did miss yeah. the cut at the John Deere, but he also uh, of late has a couple of uh, T20s, I believe, in Canada and Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull that up and verify. Yeah, uh, T14 at the Rocket Mortgage, T18 at the RBC Canadian Open. Um, you know, again, just he misses the cut. It's basically he goes every other event. Um, you know, makes the weekend in Mexico, misses the cut at the Byron Nelson, T18 in Canada. Misses the cut of the Travelers. T12 at Rockage misses the cut of the John Deere. So he is due uh, to T20 here at uh, at the Barbersall. He's down. He's down to like 40, 50 to 1 at most places too. Yeah. Uh, also, not everyone's going to list him as Carl. He's another one where, with like True. Tom Kim. Some some places it's Tom Kim. Some names it's Ju Young Kim. He's uh, his, you know. Real name is Yichun, Y-E-C-H-U-N. So Carl Yichun, Yawan. I could get 48 at Chris. Maybe he's making the card. So How do you go, Carl? Uh, where's Carl come from? I want to know the origin story of Carl. Yeah, we know where the Thomas Train thing comes from. Right. Like Carl. Carl's like, uh, it sounds like a cool name. You know, uh, I'm going to have to look this up. Now, we got, we got a minute. Uh, you remember Johan Santana? Oh yeah, he was a very good pitcher. He actually won the pitching triple crown one year. Unbelievable yeah. back in the day. Unbelievable. Do you remember Irvin Santana? Yeah. So Irvin Santana, I think he has a no hitter. Yeah, he did. He threw a no hitter in 2011. His name is Johan. His name is Johan Santana. And when he was coming up in the minors. You know, the Johan Santana of Twins and Mets fame was just raking, you know, putting up obscene numbers. I think he threw a no-header as well. Oh, yeah. And he just he didn't want to have the same name. That's so he funny. changed his name. And they there's like an interview asking him why. And he has no reason. He's just like, I thought Irvin was a cool name. And if you can pick your own name, you can pick whatever you want. It doesn't have like family meaning or anything. He just literally picked a name he thought was cool. That's why we have Irvin Santana. Well, he was an angel. You know, he was in LA with Irvin Magic Johnson. So maybe, yeah, uh, that, you know, maybe that's that's it. But you want to go by Magic. He also, Santana. he also pitched for the Twins. I remember yeah. him being here for a couple of years. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Johan was Johan, and and you had a couple of years of Johan and Liriano together. That was uh, oh god. Oof. I know I just, uh, uh, sidebar, I dropped my daughter off at a volleyball camp at South Dakota State. Oh, you're solo this week, aren't you? Yeah, no kids this week. So oh I, I dropped her off. We dropped her off at the dorms. Um, <clears throat> I looked over at the dorms where I stayed as a freshman, and and I said there's a, there was a commons area in between these two dorms that had like a, a food service area and like a big commons room with TVs and shit. And they had the biggest TV ever in like 2002, which was, like, you know, it was probably like a 50 inch, whatever. Mm -hmm. Pretty pumped about that. And I said, the last time the twins won a playoff game, that's where I watched it. <laughs> Cause it's, it's been like 18 years, man. Wow. It's been a very, very long time. So that's where I met with my baseball fandom. 
But uh, I will enjoy the All Star game tonight. I enjoyed the Derby. Went one and zero on the nice. actual good bets. Uh, a lot of the long shot shit didn't get there, which is it's fun to place those. And it was uh, it was fun watching a kid get schmucked in the head. <laughs> we just knew that we just knew that was going to happen one of these years. Hopefully he's okay. But For like, sure. Hopefully it's just like just put like put like college kids up there, guys. Yeah. Right? So I don't have to feel bad about this. At least high school age kids like uh yeah that's it was tough yeah my baseball fan and baseball it's how i got started in the industry doing content like i love baseball i love the statistical analysis of baseball it was probably one of the first sports that had really good advanced data where you felt like hey you're playing fantasy games or making bets like there's an edge to be had on us uh, stuff that's beyond uh you know the back of the baseball card and uh, as a Red Sox fan, it was a great run for a very long time. It was a team I definitely cared about the most forever. And then you just can't keep your own guys. You're the Red Sox. You can't sign Mookie Betts. Like we, we, we can't, like what are we doing? It was just really hard for me to to care about that team for 162 games when it was very evident that the ownership group just didn't care about the fandom anymore. They they knew the gates that Fenway is going to fill out no matter what. And it's like, dude, we cannot keep our own guys in house. Like who are we? Are we the Twins? Carl Carl Yuan's nickname leads to Noonan bitching about the Red Sox ownership. That's where we're at. So that's where we're at. So so long. We'll bid you adieu. Yeah, if you want to play and build your own model on the site or check out our expert models, twenty bucks a month. Betsbirdsgolf.com. Betsbirdsgolf at on Twitter. Betsbirdsgolf on Threads. Maybe I don't know. I don't think this. I went on Threads and. Like, I haven't opened that app since. Yeah, it's not good. Like, I posted one. I probably have. I should go see if I have some more followers on Threads now. Threads is dead. I think nobody wants that. It's like, why would I? Why would I do the same thing twice? It's yeah. just like double the work. Like this sucks. So yeah, if you want to be a Twitter to hardcore die. influencer. I guess you have to, but yeah. yeah, not for me, guys. So check us out on Twitter. Check us out at the site. Free previews up. Some good reading up there, and obviously get in the Discord and ask all the questions you want well we have a members only little chat where we get on the horn tomorrow afternoon on wednesdays and just let people pepper us with questions and discussions about the upcoming tournament tournaments in this case so if you are in the members only discord we do that at what is it 4 30 eastern every wednesday yep yep and reviews all that stuff here last five stars thumbs up all that goes a long way in helping us uh, quite a bit too so we appreciate it as always Yep, check you guys next week. Thanks, everyone.